Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here. Talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts. Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. It's Chad Wilson. It's Amo Calamino. I don't like the sound. I'm pissed off about it. We'll have to fix it here uh, as much as we can. But Amo, um, it's it's that time. We're on. I know I'm here. What's the problem? I don't know. I'm just not liking things. All right, that sounds a little bit. Yeah, you sound you sound like an unhappy guy today. Tell me you're not you're not in an unhappy mode too. Or is that do you have a no, problem all, going I'm, on or not? I'm all good. I just had a little bit more of an echo that I wanted. I thought you were pissed off like like 50% of the country, too, and you're going to go off on the show today. No, not 50% of the country, my friend. 49 point something, something, something percent of the country. I understand, yeah. yeah just yeah, so, just so. so you don't have a protest during the show, we can talk about football. Let's, let's get it right. I already touched a little bit yesterday on uh, the election. We don't get political too much here on this show. Uh, actually, not at all. So, um, you know, I'm not going to do that here today. It's the Football Friday show. We're going to talk about football. So for the next hour plus, we're going to talk college and NFL football and also high school football. Uh, we're going to do as we always do here on a Friday on the Gridiron Stud Show. Amo and I are going to go through some of the top matchups in college football today, give you our predictions. We're also going to go through some of the NFL matchups that are meaningful, that uh, matter to you, me, and most of the country. Also give our predictions. And then as usual, we're going to have the fantasy football focus sponsored by FanDuel here where I need to really start piling up some victories or Amos going to run away with this thing. So, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, coming well, up in the second hour, I need to pile up some victories in the, in our pick. So I think we'll, you know, we each have our issues so far. <laughs> yeah. These things get ironed out some kind of way, some kind of how in the second hour, I'm going to have Joshua Wilson on with me, put a uh, playoff start in the state of Florida actually started yesterday uh, with a couple of playoff games. So I'll talk about what went down last night with Joshua Wilson and also preview uh, the big games that we have going on throughout the state here tonight in, uh, in Florida. So uh, where do we start, Abel? There was a game last night, uh, and <laughs> another loss for the Cleveland Browns. This, this franchise has been down for quite some time. I'm not, you know, uh, unearthing any secrets there. I, I haven't found uh, Al Capone's bolts. But they might be historically bad this season. They're on their way. I, you know, honestly have to say, I saw the first half of the game, and then for some reason, I, I was really 
I crashed last night at halftime, which I guess the first half did that to me. I, I fall asleep. It's like seven six. The Browns actually don't look horrible. I mean, to be honest, in the first half, the Ravens looked horrible. Their, their offense is terrible. I wake up. It's like the fourth quarter is already twenty eight seven. I'm like, what the hell happened here? This Browns doing the Browns type things, man. I just uh, I don't even know what to say for this football team anymore in this franchise. Amo, like, put your finger on it. What is the problem with this squad? Well, I mean, obviously, we can start with the obvious and just say, well, you know, management, the GM. But, I mean, generally, if I was going to get a little deeper than that and and take a look at things they do, they – they don't know what they are, and they never have a plan. If you take a look at them, at least, at least, especially since let's say the early '90s, you know, once once Kozar and had been done, and that those decent teams they had in the '80s that almost got to the Super Bowl, they really don't have a plan. Look at them. I mean, they have a different quarterback every year. Um, they have no way uh, of going about. I mean, they drafted RG three in what was it only 2012. He's already uh, no forget forget RG three. They brought RG three in now. He's done. Yeah, he's hurt. They draft they draft Cody. No, they draft Cody Kessler though. I mean, Cody Kessler's playing last night. Now somebody told me. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Did they take him out in the second half of the game, or did he get hurt? Who are you asking? Are you asking me? Emil, do you think I sat there and watched that entire football game? Well, that's my point. I mean, I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. I mean, they're all over the map with their draft. They don't, they don't say, here's what we want to be. At some point in football, a good franchise, you identify with something, okay? I mean, you said it, we were talking years ago, and I used to call you every, every week and get frustrated about my Cowboys. And you said, hey, you've got to figure it out. You've got you to get an identity. And at some point, you know, maybe you have a pipeline down there. They got an identity and said, we're going to be a team that runs the football. We're going to be a team that has a strong offensive line. That's what you think about right now, the Patriots. You know, you think about Belichick and Brady, but they have an identity. You know what they want to do when they play. The, the Browns don't have an identity. You don't even know what, what do you think about the Browns. You think about being terrible. That's it. You don't say the Browns yeah, don't run the football. What do you mean by identity, though? I, I mean, people throw that out there a lot. What exactly do you mean by identity? Um, are the Browns, Browns going to be a physical team? Are the Browns going to be a finesse team? Are the Browns going to be a 3-4 team? Are the Browns going to be a 4-3 team? I mean, I don't know what I th- I don't even know. Have they ever shown you that they were – when's the last time they showed you that they were a physical football team? When have you looked at the Browns and said – Bonus hey, Biner was playing for them. The last time I think about the Cleveland Browns being a physical football team, Ernest Biner was playing running back and Bernie Kozar was slinging the ball around. So we could make the assumption then that they are a finesse team. They haven't okay. been physical in a while. Okay, so they're a finesse team with no wide receivers. <laughs> well, no, excuse me. They have a really good wide receiver who likes drugs and misses a lot of games. Look, Terrell Pryor I mean, has been a pretty good football player for them. Let's just give them that. That was an accident. They found him accidentally. Oh, so now you don't want to give – so <laughs> he doesn't count because he was an accident? Oh, no, he, Terrell Pryor was like a drunk businessman who's in a bar all night trying to hit on a girl at the end of the bar. He's still horny as hell. He doesn't make out well. He's walking out the door, and he stumbles into a $500 a night call girl who gives him a discount. Okay, they just found Terrell Pryor. Would okay. you be lucky if that happened? Well, 
Nevertheless, man, this team is uh, a dreadful 0-10, and, and now uh, folks are asking, will they be, will they go 0-16 this season? So that that begs the, we must ask the same question here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Taking a look at the rest of the schedule, they're playing the Steelers next week, and uh, there's a likelihood that Pittsburgh will be angry coming into that game. They are at home against the Giants. Uh, don't see that happening there. The Bengals aren't going to let them win. That's a divisional game. Then they're at the Bills. Something serious would have to happen there. They are home against the Chargers. There could be a chance there, depending on how San Diego's coming into that game, what's at stake. Are they still in uh, any mathematically alive or whatever? Uh, with, you know, San Diego might be coming all the way from out west and not really be into the game. And then they're ending the season at the Steelers. This 0-16 is a distinct possibility. Yeah, but what's and the big deal? Somebody already did 0-16 a few years ago. Didn't the Lions do that? They did, but it's Cleveland doing it. It's just your maybe this is what they need, Amo. After years of four and twelve, five and eleven, three and thirteen, maybe they just need to bottom out and this zero and sixteen. I mean, because look at the Lions now. I would like to put a rule in. I think if you can go through an entire NFL season losing every game, which may be actually more difficult than winning every game that there should be a bonus first-round pick put in at number 17. Like, I think that right in the middle, you should pick first and 17th. There should be 33 picks in the first round if you can do that. You should get an extra pick to lose every game. Now, you know what that would set up, and no one wants to see that type of football. Uh, I'm wrong. being sarcastic. You know, you are the – you know, Chad hit 40, and he just became the most literal guy I've ever known. He takes Thank you literally. <laughs> I never know where you're going, my friend, you know. Uh, you're like a, I, like well, a many people have told me that over the years. I'm being facetious, but it's hard to go 0-16, man. It really is. You're going to run into a team that doesn't give a damn in the NFL every once in a while. Well, they're all over it right now, okay? They've got a beeline on it, and uh, they're going to try like all hell to make this work. So that's what you got there. That's what they fed us another Thursday night doozy let's talk about some of the last thursday night games we had browns and ravens we had falcons and buccaneers we had jaguars and titans we had bears and packers we had you know broncos and Chargers. i guess someone would be interested in that but there are three four weeks running here of just trash on thursday but night do you, so, see, do you see what they're trying to do that they're trying to rig it so on thursdays they play a division game with the theory being well you you already know that team because they're in your division. You play them every year. You don't need as much prep time. If you just if you just look at the games you just read off, every one going backwards so far was a division game. So they're trying now to I'm play that BS game. BS on that though. Well, I'm calling BS on it too. And not only is it a division game, most of the time, it's a division game where it's not a marquee division game. I mean, Bears Packers. It, it, in some years, you would say because of the rivalry it is, but the the Bears have been down for quite a while, um, so it's hard to say that the Bears-Packers anymore is, is is a marquee game, only unless you're a fan of either team. But to, to you or I not caring about either team, we're not getting real jazzed up right now about watching Bears-Packers. It's almost like they're trying to tick off the schedule and use some of the, 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 the average to bad games on Thursday. You know, okay, well, you know, Atlanta's got to play Tampa Bay. Let's put them on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they think they can force us to watch something. Right, because like you said last week on the show, you made a good point. I mean, that's a game that on a full Sunday slate, if you've got the package and you're flipping through games or you're going to a sports bar 
and and they don't have enough TVs for every game, they're probably going to leave Atlanta Tampa Bay off unless you're in Atlanta or Tampa. So, um, you know, they're they're trying to get some extra eyeballs on games that we wouldn't normally watch. I'm not sure it's working. The only thing it got me to do was look at the inside of my eyelids last night after halftime. Yeah, that thing was pretty much sleep-inducing. So, um, I, yeah, another Thursday night uh, game there where, you know, we were just bored out of our mind, and it doesn't matter what little uniforms you want to put these guys in. It's still, you know, trash. And so uh, – uh, again, uh, the, in the offseason, the NFL is really going to have to re-examine the whole – a couple of things they're going to need to re-examine. One is the Thursday night, having the Thursday night football. Uh, second is, why do we need to go to London 15, 20 times in one season? Why do we need to go to yeah, London? Yeah, I, th- I, I think they've got to really do some self-scouting. You know, um, just, just take a look. Sit down like a, like a team would do, saying, how would I beat me if I was playing me? I think they need to look at themselves a little bit and stop assuming that they're the only game in town and that they're always going to be at the top of the mountain and maybe take some of this to heart. Stop blaming it on the election. I don't buy that. Yes, I think the election was watched a lot this year, but when President Obama ran, it was a big election. He was the first African-American president. People were watching whether they liked him or not. They were interested. So I don't buy this whole Oh, you know, it's the election. We've had elections. I think they I think they need to sit down, take a look at the product that they're putting out and some of the things you mentioned. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. There, there are places I'd start if I was running the league. Do, do, why do I need to go to London? You want to do it once a year, maybe to promote the game. I'm not so sure that it's not just something for people in London to, to kind of, like we had an arena team here years ago in my area, Arena 2. I went a couple times. I hated it, but I just went because I was you didn't like, like a car I wasn't into it. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a regular football guy. I mean, I went there, I uh, got some of the night the nice nuts that they roast and cinnamon and everything. I sat there, had a beer, said okay, you know, it's like it was like it was like bending my neck to see a car accident. I kind of think that's the way the people in London view American football. It's different. It's something to go say, hey, we went and saw the Dolphins play the whoever, those Americans, and then they go watch a Man U game. That's what they care about, soccer over there. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I, I mean, I guess they, I think the NFL will do a lot of soul searching this offseason to figure out uh, exactly where it is uh, they're going with their game. And a lot of things are going to get evaluated and reevaluated. All right, but let's not put everyone to sleep right here talking about the business of the NFL. There's a lot to talk about that's going to happen on the gridiron this weekend. And we're going to begin doing that in our next segment. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some college football, some of the biggest matchups coming up and uh, where we're headed uh, towards as we, as we gallop towards the end of the season, Thanksgiving's coming up around the corner and yet some rivalry matchups and all that good stuff. We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the gridiron stud show, stay with us. Wicked, 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 wicked tones, you know, Sure, someone's gone. Winch is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. 
Whether it's your seven-on-seven team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself, and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. sarcasm like how could he not you know in other words it's in my face all the time like thank you for reminding me I think he is well aware of election day <laughs> well you know I, I didn't just hear the quote I actually watched the uh, press conference and uh, you know I did I did kind of what you just did there you know I, I, I wanted to look at his face when he said that and a part of me Amo wants to believe that but I don't ultimately I don't because I know what it, I know the job it is that uh, Nick Saban does. I know what he knows. I know he knows what his job is as a head coach, a successful head coach when it comes to the media, and that is to continuously step on them, um, keep out all the yep. outside distractions, um, stop them from blowing his players' heads up. Uh, one of the biggest things with Nick Saban that really pisses him off is when um, you know the media wants to disrespect an opponent. You know, and that's, you know, and I'll probably play the, the Nick Saban um, press conference rants. You know, I, we do have that here on the show as one well, of our Well, I mean, it's, and look at it this way. Look at it this way. You play Nick Saban, I'll be the reporter. Now, I want you to pretend that you do know it's election day. Coach sure. Saban, do you, know, do you know today's election day? 
Uh, listen, we're, you we're just really focused on Mississippi State, and uh, I mean, we've got a ball game to win, and guys need to get ready right. to to win the game. And uh, I don't really get it. And you're not aware. That's yeah. right, because you know what the next question from me is. If you say you're aware, it's election day. Well, Nick, uh, who did Coach Saban? Who did you support in the election? He doesn't want to go there. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We well, got to shut that. You got to shut that down because you know that's what's coming next. But I, I don't know if that was his train of thought there. Was it to avoid that next question, um, or was it to just? Uh, I'm here to talk about a football game, and let's not let's let's not run the other way with this thing. Right. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Nick Nick is a, a really you don't you're not successful to that level at anything in life unless you're smart. You know, he's not some dumb dumb football coach. You can't be some dumb football coach mapping out X's and O's and be that successful at running what is a major program, one of the biggest in you know in the the country. He is very astute. He understands, as you you like to put it, how to stiff arm the media how to keep them off balance, you know. So basically he took what they probably wanted to bring it to. So what do you think about the election? Who did you support? And he actually got them on the the, the whole thing of, you mean you really don't know it's election day? Yep. Yeah, he took them right off of that thing, didn't he? Right off of that. Outstanding by him. But uh, listen, they've got a game coming up this week. It's not a big-time football game. But they are coming off of a big time football game, so he's got to be extra. Uh, you know what I mean? He's got, he's got to be a bit of a dick this week in the press conference uh, because people are going to want to mess with this. You know the whole psyche that he has going. They're playing Mississippi State one week after a big showdown with LSU. Mississippi State is not the Mississippi State that they had when Dak Prescott was there. They're four and five on the season, a prime spot for most teams to uh, not come up with a good performance, but that's not Alabama under Nick Saban. Nick actually subscribes to a theory of, of, of thought that a lot of great coaches and executives do. I, I don't think deep down, if you, you know, if you could get into the, the crevices of his mind with some CIA pill, he really is worried that they're going to lose to Mississippi State. But he subscribes to the theory Every time you do something, you never stay the same. You either get better or you get worse. And he knows if, if his team wants to get where he thinks they should be, which is national champions, he wants them to keep getting better. So he looks at this game as important because he doesn't want to see regression in areas that they've improved in, which all great coaches do that. So, you know, that's kind of what you have to respect about this guy. He's always laser-focused. We, talk we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. At the end of the Arkansas game, they're up by three touchdowns. Last play of the game, Arkansas completes a 20-yard pass. The kid gets tackled, and Nick's throwing the headset. I mean, he's well, pissed. I, you know. Yeah, as a coach, I'm going to tell you this. You can get into a game against Southwest Louisiana, and, yes, you could make certain errors in there, and you're up 35-7. to 7, and It's not going to affect you in that game. But if that's the kind of error you're going to make, it's a chance if I don't say anything to you about it, that's a narrative you're going to make against LSU in a seven to six ball game that could cost us the game. And one of the things I've uh, noticed that is really huge for Bill Parcells um, and for Bill Belichick and for Nick Saban, and they're all connected, is that they can really focus in on the things that are being done in a blowout uh, against a lesser opponent that could get you beat. I always remember Bill Parcells, and you got to remember I grew up. Um, you know, early on in my life in New York City, he had started coaching there. And even from his early time there, 
He would get in that press conference and say, you know, these are things that, uh, you know, we're doing that could get us beat. And he'd say that if they, you know, they beat someone by a good 14, 17 points in the NFL. Well, Parcells is a big believer. Having spent some time coaching my team, I learned a lot about, you know, about him. And he's a big believer in the opposite of the way most humans react. He thinks that when you beat the hell out of somebody – is when you really need to ride your team hard and, I mean, abuse them in the press, use the press to, to really make a point. And he actually thinks when your team loses and isn't playing well, he pulls back because that's when the confidence is lower. And as long as he's seeing effort but maybe a lack of execution, he's going to do it behind closed doors because he knows that, you know, you need to build confidence in players even if they are professionals. So, you know, there's you, you can learn something in life from some of these guys because they're geniuses at, at more than just football. It's, they're really geniuses at, at psychology and motivation. So a lot of this stuff actually works with your kids or any, you know, employees, anything else. I mean, you have to watch these guys. They're master motivators. And uh, that, that's kind of what I, I appreciate over the years in Saban and, and Belichick to a degree. You know, I'm, not, I'm more of a Saban fan than a Belichick fan because I think Saban's got a pretty good personality. People just don't realize how witty – Nick Saban is, unless you watch him. He's 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 a pretty sharp guy. So well, I have a him, lot of respect for him. Having met him in person, um, he's he's different in person than he uh, comes off in the media. So, um, and you, you know, you get an appreciation for what it is he's trying to do. Uh, and I understand it as a coach because in this, especially in this day and age, uh, people will throw out superlatives in, in a moment's. Um, you know, the moment a kid starts playing well, they're going to try and put him in the best, along with the best in history, and, and, and start talking about if your team can beat an NFL team. And if you don't stiff arm these guys, they'll get inside of your player's head and uh, let that thing swell up, and then you do get beat by Mississippi State, or you do get beat by well, Georgia Southern. You know, you know, I guess, I guess what I was trying to say, you know, t- trying to tie this together, you know, as we're throwing bouquets here at Saban, but I think we're kind of on to something, and I, you know, it's I find it interesting. I hope the uh, listeners do. But you, you asked before about the Browns, and you kind of caught me off guard. What, what do you mean they don't have an identity? I guess this ties all together for me in that they have a process at Alabama, the Patriots. They have an identity in who they are. So here's what that allows you to do. If you believe in the process and you go on a little losing streak, you have an identity to go back to, to say what is it that we need to do? What do we do here that's caused us to win so much. You mm-hmm. know exactly what that is, whether it's, you know, we run the ball, we do this, we, we play this defense, we're not doing this defensively. You look at your process, you look at your identity, you go back to it, you, you believe in it, and it gets you out of those streaks. You don't go on long losing streaks, and that's any sport. It, it's any business. What are we? What do we do? What's our identity? If you don't yeah, know that. Yeah, you get back to your core thing. Yeah, I, I, I totally. Yeah, I, I mean, totally that, that, that's kind of what I mean. What's your core thing? It's just it's just like I've tried, you know, not to get too, but we were talking this week, and I know you touched on it. You know, I, I'm, I'm watching the election. People want to start changing the rules, this and that. It's like, no, listen, we've been around 250 years. We've done it far better than most countries. We have a process here. It works. You have to trust the process. You can't just start fishing around for something to get you the result you want in the short term. I always believe that in, in sports as well. What is it that yeah. you do? Go do it, man. <laughs> yeah, get get back to it. All right, let's get to these uh, top 25 games 
uh, we have going on. We had some games already this week. Western Michigan continues to be undefeated. They're a 37-21 win over Kent State. I don't know how much noise Western Michigan wants to make about the fact that they are undefeated. We had a surprising result last night in the ACC. 17th-ranked North Carolina came into the game 6-2 and um, and left out of the game not 6-2 and anymore, but 6-3 and as they lose to Duke. Uh, a surprising result there, but Duke's Dukes, this is the second time this year Dukes pulled off a surprising result. I don't know what happened there with North Carolina. Totally fell asleep. I don't think that's a good thing for the ACC, but nevertheless, it is what it is. Angle 28-27 win for Duke. I'm going to be honest with you. I was looking at the game before it started on my computer just saying, you know, wow, I didn't realize they were playing tonight. Let me take a look at this. I really didn't see how Duke was going to win the game. I understand it was a rivalry game. They were playing a freshman. I saw what Carolina – uh, came in playing for, you know, uh, first place in the conference. It looks like, you know, that really is a big boost for Virginia Tech to get to that championship game. Now, I'm surprised that uh, Carolina, um, you know, and I'll give credit to Duke when I say allowed that to happen, but, I mean, you have to say on paper there's no way Duke should be beating North Carolina last night, so I have to believe that Carolina took Duke a little bit lightly and they paid the, the price for it in, in a rivalry game like that. Another game last night happened in the Pac-12, Utah 49-26 over Arizona State. So Utah now in the driver's seat um, in the South. Yeah, what do you make up? Well, they're in the driver's seat because they get to play Colorado at the end of the year. Colorado still got one loss. Uh, Utah and USC have two in the conference. Now, I'm curious. I don't know what goes down there if USC wins out and, and Colorado loses to Utah and it's a three-way tie with two losses. That would be interesting. I think – the three-way tie scenario goes to Utah, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I, my question from that game is more, where is Arizona State headed with Graham as their coach right now? Because, I mean, that, I watched some of that before I fell asleep. I saw And I saw the highlights actually this morning. Man, that casino defense is killing that program. I mean, they just give you know, up. I don't, know, I don't know that Arizona State views themselves as a program that's going to be chasing national championships. It's going to be, you know, uh, expecting to be in a conference championship every year. Perhaps they are a program that says, we're going to be entertaining, uh, we're going to be competitive every year, and every now and then we're going to jump up, win double-digit games, and find ourselves in the Pac-12 championship game, and then whatever happens after there, we're fine with. I, I don't think every program sees themselves as we need to chase a national championship. Some of them just say, we're going to be entertaining, and Arizona State on defense is entertaining. It's boom or bust. Oh. They're going to go nuts on Yeah, they are entertaining. They're, yeah. Yeah, they're going to sack your quarterback or you're going to break off a, you know, 80-yard play. That's basically how that works when you play them. Is there something wrong with that, do you think? Uh, I mean, if I can go out, if I'm an, I'm, you know, I live in Tempe, let's say. Um, if I can go out to an Arizona State football game on a Saturday afternoon or even like last night on a Thursday night, and, you know, maybe Arizona State doesn't win the game, but I'm entertained. There's a lot of swings there. They're exciting plays. A long touchdown, sacks, all that good stuff, forced fumbles and turnovers and stuff run back. Is that such a bad thing, or does my team need to win 10, 11 games every year for it to be worthwhile? Uh, well, well, I think that has to be posed to every individual fan. I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that feel, as you're describing, like, hey, I go there, I'm entertained. And I guess a lot of that goes back to what we've always said, expectations. The expectations aren't there for Arizona State. I mean, I know over never the course there. of the last – Pardon? They've never been that. They've never been a national. No, they've never had those expectations. So I think maybe I'm speaking incorrectly here, but I would think a lot of Arizona State fans are are just fine with what you described. Conversely, 
I don't think you could get a lot of Miami Hurricane fans down there in your hometown to sign up for that program because the expectation. We don't need to be entertained down here, Emil. There's plenty of entertainment. You've been down here yourself. Plenty of entertainment. Yes. We've got beaches. Oh yeah, we've plenty got to do. Nightclubs. We, look, we're not here for entertainment. We're here for champions. Uh, you and you, you better be that, or you know, we'll entertain ourselves in a, in a myriad of other ways. All right. Boston College is taking on Florida State. Uh, yesterday's show was all about the big three in college football here. Um, so I talked a little bit more extensively about this game. What is Florida State playing for at number 18? Um, it's been a while since they've been at this point in the season, and they have none of their preseason goals within reach. You're not, you're not, you're not going to be in the college football playoff. You're not going to be a national champion. You're not going to the ACC championship game. So what's what, what's left for Florida State to play for in this game? Well, uh, when you put it like that, nothing. But you know, I think part of being great and and becoming great at anything is to always try to live in the moment you know and i'm sure you coach your kids play to play every play is a new play i mean it's no different than if you're a corner and you're out there and you just got beat for 30 yards if you're still thinking about that on the next play you're probably gonna get beat for 30 yards again so yeah no doubt yeah, so you have to be able at some point to say, I'm playing for the sake of not only pride, but I'm playing because I want to be the best I can be. And on Friday night, the team in front of me is Boston College, and I want to kick their ass. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I don't think that – I think this is not – this is not a dangerous game for Florida State. I do think uh, they're going to have a problem getting up for games like this uh, as they finish out the season. But Boston College is not the type of team that's going to hurt Florida State. Florida State's biggest problem uh, defensively this year has been giving up – you know, explosive plays. Boston College is not that offensively. And then, uh, you know, having some inconsistency uh, on the on the offensive side of the ball um, has also been a problem for Florida State. Two things you can attribute to youth. And Boston College is just really not going to be strong in those areas. So Florida State's a 21-point favorite in this game. Um, I mean, you if you've been watching them, you'd say, hey, that's a lot of points for Florida State in this particular season. In this game, Amel, though, I don't think so. I, I would kind of back. No, I, I expect Florida State to dust Boston College tonight, and I'll tell you why. Boston College got their big win last week. They went on the road at NC State. It was a game they were, uh, you know, a 14-, 15-point underdog. They went in there and won the game. And sure, it's NC State. I get it. But for Boston College, that's a nice road win. Now they're coming back on a little bit of short rest, going on the road again. I I I expect Florida State to hammer them tonight. Yeah, um, that's kind of how I'm looking at it too. Um, we don't need to spend a whole bunch of time talking about this one. It is Penn State taking on Indiana. Uh, Penn State's a seven-point favorite in this game. Emil, I almost made this a pick backing Penn State, who I think is really surging now. You nor I nor uh, maybe even the best of Penn State fans could have seen this team being the number ten team in the country at this point in the season right now. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to go too much into this since you don't want to because I've got a pick on the game, and I will talk about it. How about when we do get to the pick section? Good. Sounds good to me. Mississippi State taking on Alabama. Alabama's a 28.5-point favorite. I don't even know how to read Alabama um, You know, in a, in a game like this. Nick Saban said he did know it was election day. That would lead you to believe that they are extremely focused. I think that's what this team has been this year, but uh, historically, man, off of a game like the one they played last week going to be very difficult to um, 
play like you did last week against the Mississippi State. So that alone would keep me away from this contest. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it because I think both teams have issues coming into the game. Alabama, for obvious reasons, coming off the win you just talked about. Then you got Mississippi State giddy over the upset of Texas A&M. I don't know how much focus they have and if they have the type of focus needed to, to go to an Alabama and be very competitive. And when you get into those kind of numbers, if you don't have a feeling on a team where you just feel like they're ready to play, it's best to stay away because a lot of times those games just come down to that last half quarter when when you got second and third stringers in. Yeah, absolutely. Baylor taking on Oklahoma. Amal almost made this one a pick, and believe it or not, I was going to make that pick in favor of Oklahoma, who's an 18-point favorite in this contest. Baylor is probably uh, the – I don't want to. I don't like to use the word "worst" here in their favor, but uh, you know this might be the worst six and two team um, in the country right now. Uh, they've not. They didn't play anyone. Um, the only game they really had until they got to Texas was Oklahoma State. They did manage to win that game, but in back-to-back weeks, they've just not looked like a six and two football team. They lose at Texas, who was struggling at the time, and then TCU absolutely opens up a first-aid kit on these guys, beats them by 40 points. I think they're humiliated. They're down. I think, yes, last week they realized we're not the Baylor of the last few years, and Oklahoma can seize. Um, on, they can see the blood in the water and jump all over that. Do you see the TCU game last week? Rinse, repeat. That's what I say here. Yeah, I think this is blowout city right here for uh, Baylor in, in this one. West Virginia, Texas, I have a pick on this game. I don't know where you are with it. If you don't, yeah, tell me. I have a pick on the game, too, so we can just shut up and keep moving. <laughs> How about a Texas Tech taking on Oklahoma State? This was a basketball game last year. Um, has the potential to be that again, unless Oklahoma State feels like playing some defense. Oklahoma State's the number 13 team in the country, by the way. They're a 12-and-a-half-point favorite in this contest. For some reason, I think this game's going to be nip and tuck, and 12-and-a-half might be a little bit too much for Oklahoma State. Yeah, especially, you, you know, when you're giving those kind of points, double digits, you got to play some defense usually to cover those spreads, no matter how good your offense is. If you're not interested in defending, you're always leaving that back door open. I kind of feel like you do. And for anybody who's listened to the show for the last four or five years, besides saying thank you, you all know my disdain for the Big 12. I have to tell you, it's hard for me, unless it's like an oddity for me to even try to watch enough of a Big 12 game. I, I, I watched them for 10 minutes and I get so disgusted, my thumb goes right to the button to go to a different game. It's, uh, it's arena football on a wider field, and for someone like myself who plays defense, coaches defense, I have a hard time watching a team like Texas Tech, who's given up 45, 24, 66, 48, 44, um, 45, 68. This is what they do on a week-in, week-out basis. And so going back to what I said about Arizona State, Texas Tech is a prime example of what I was talking about. Um, no aspirations of being champions of anything. Their conference, um, college football, anything like that. They just want to be entertaining. And uh, that must be the case. If you're, if you're keeping a staff in place that just plays defense like that, um, on any given week, they're going to give up 66 points. Well, yeah, and I think, I think you always run the risk of the old saying, you know, it could always be worse. I mean, they have their seven and six seasons. They get to a bowl game and they're entertaining. You can switch that staff out and maybe find yourself going one and 11 every year because now you're not only bad defensively, but you stink on offense too. And you're in Lubbock, Texas, and it's kind of hard to recruit. So, yeah, very difficult. Ohio State's on the road taking on Maryland. They're a whopping 29 and a half point favorite in this contest. That is due in large part to what. Uh, they were able to do last week to Nebraska, 62 to three. I don't know, man. This looks like a little bit of. 
too much cheese on this pizza. And they do have uh, Michigan State next week. Um, I, I did say that. Michigan State is 2-7, and seven, but it's a bit of a revenge game there for them. Um, so, I don't know if Ohio Yeah, I'm kind of, Chad, I'm kind of with you here. The only, the only word of caution if someone's looking to back Maryland here is Maryland's a little bit of a facade record-wise. They opened up 4-0 against a very weak schedule. Penn State beat them by 24 points. Then Minnesota beat them by 21. Uh, we saw what Michigan did to them last week. I mean, if Ohio State wants to cover this number and they prepared to cover this number all week, they'll cover the number. My problem is I'm not so sure Ohio State, to your point, is very focused on this game, sandwiched in between what they did to Nebraska and maybe, like you said, uh, I think they'd like to open a can on Michigan State next week for costing them a chance at a repeat national championship last year. So uh, um, this game may just get overlooked and be one of those, you know, where it ends up 51-28 or something like that, and Maryland scoring some garbage touchdowns because Ohio State's really not into it. Number 14, Virginia Tech is uh, at home against Georgia Tech. You know what? I back Virginia Tech as a two-touchdown favorite in this game. I'm, listen, I'm done with Georgia Tech, okay? That thing that they did last week uh, at North Carolina, it's just this team doesn't know how to play a road football game. They haven't had very many of them this year, and here's another one back-to-back after taking on North Carolina. I think Virginia Tech runs through this team uh, with Virginia Tech feeling really good after what happened in North Carolina last night. Yeah, my my concern with Georgia Tech is always, you know, like you said, last week backing them against North Carolina, you go take a look at what they do there. Earlier in the year against Clemson, they just got pushed around all over the field. I mean, they just it, the score wasn't even indicative of how bad they got beat up. I I'm just I can't support Georgia Tech in this spot. Virginia Tech has has a decent offense this year. They put up points and uh it wouldn't surprise me if they hang 50 some points on Georgia Tech and blow them out of here. You want to know it's a tough game for me to get a read on? It's number nine, Auburn, on the road at Georgia as a double-digit 10-point favorite. I just can't get a read on that one at all. Well, you know, there is the side of Georgia struggles offensively this year, but their defense really isn't bad. I mean, if you look at the, the numbers behind, you know, what they've done defensively, it's not a bad defensive football team. And, you know, if they're, if they're there to play, which I, I suspect they will be, I mean, Georgia's got a first-year coach. He doesn't. He wants to end this year ripping off some wins. There'd be nothing better than to beat the number nine team in the country. It's hard to cover ten and a half points on the road if a team's playing defense, unless Georgia just starts kicking the ball over the yard, which I guess is possible because they are struggling at the quarterback position. So I, I'm like you. I can't get a read on the game either. Yeah. Um, Illinois traveling to take on Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a 26-and-a-half-point favorite. Emil, they're not that kind of team. Wisconsin's won a lot. They're 7-2 and two on the season. They should be proud with some of the wins that they've been able to pull off. But when you start making Wisconsin a favorite like this, it becomes very, very difficult for them to cover a point spread. And Illinois probably gains a certain measure of confidence after beating Michigan State last week. Yes, this is not, you know, the Michigan State of old over the last few years, but still, it's a win for uh, Illinois, I think they come in here with enough confidence and hang around in this game and can keep stay within that number on Wisconsin. Yeah, I I mean you know it's not it's not a game I'd be looking to 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 get involved with, but if you're if you're if you're asking me, yes, I'd be on your side with what you're saying there. You know, give me the four touchdowns and and hold your breath. I mean, there's some some games this year as you go down Illinois' schedule where 
they got hammered by teams you you wouldn't necessarily, you know Western Michigan's a good club but should they should they beat a Big Ten team like Illinois by by 24 points I'm not sure about that but like I agree with you on your assessment of Wisconsin that's just usually not what they do unless you start giving them short fields again but if you if you if you play semi clean football just making them drive the field uh, they'll eat up a lot of the clock themselves yeah LSU. Uh... Back in, got to get right back in it again. They're on the road. They're taking on Arkansas. And uh, this is an interesting matchup. Does Arkansas handle themselves well after the upset went over Florida? Can LSU pick themselves back up now after losing to Alabama? Um, Two different emotions coming into this game. LSU is the seven-point favorite at Arkansas. That's That's too much cheese, if you ask me. I almost made this a pick. I, I I don't see in this game to me. If you're not supporting Arkansas, you got to have big brass ones to take LSU because I don't see how. Or your cousin works in the uh, casinos down in Las Vegas and has inside info. Yeah, unless unless there's something that you and I don't know about this, which which maybe there's something we don't know preparation wise. But I see no reason other than name cachet to make LSU a touchdown favorite on the road here, especially after what Arkansas did last week against the Gators, played a really solid football game. LSU coming off what has to be an emotional loss. I mean, they played very well defensively. They just couldn't get it going offensively against Alabama, which most people can't. Um, I don't see how they really get up for this game, to be honest. Yeah, uh, so we'll just have to see what happens there. A couple more games worthy of talking about here. USC is uh, on the road taking on Washington. Washington is now the new bully in the conference. Uh, who, who, who would have seen that coming that fast? But they are 9-0, and taking on USC, who's 6-3. and But, um, you know, I talked about Baylor being, uh, you know, one of the worst 6-2 and teams in the country. USC right now, the way they're playing, might be the best 6-3 and football team in the country. And I think this makes this a very interesting matchup. I was uh, close to making this a pick, and it would have been in favor of USC. I think this is a tough game for Washington, uh, especially on the heels of, you know, the uh, what they've done the last two weeks on the road, getting the big win at Utah, and then coming back and blowing out California. Um, might be a little tough mentally here for Washington. I think we're in for a very good back-and-forth game between these well, two. I've got a pick on the game, and before anybody assumes what my pick is, just remember I've picked against USC with them. I'm pretty good at getting a read on this team. Uh, generally, but uh, I, I'll give you my pick later. But I've, Chad will tell you, I have picked against the Trojans over the years. Last thing to talk about, everyone's darling right now is Michigan, the number three ranked team in the country, undefeated, uh, blowing people out, punching them in the face against Iowa, who's been a disappointment this season. Uh, Michigan is 21.5-point favorite in this contest on the road. And is there anything that could stop them from absolutely crushing the Hawkeyes? Well, what concerns me for Iowa, if, if you want to back them here, and forget what, what happened at Penn State la- last week. That was a road game at home, though. I just don't see Iowa this year offensively being able to move the football enough, and Michigan plays some good defense. So what concerns me is 21 looks like a lot at home and usually is, but you know Iowa's got the potential to only score 10 points in this game. So... Yeah, don't underestimate their ability to not find the end zone in this contest. Emma, I want to ask you this question. Obviously, of all the teams out there, I would love to see my son playing a national championship football game as a member of the Gators. 
Um, that is, considering that they're not ranked right now, absolutely out of the question, and they're sitting there with two losses. But if there's a matchup I want to see in that final game this season, it is Michigan and Jim Harbaugh against Alabama and Nick Saban. I want to see those two minds go at it. My, my too, because I've already seen Saban and, and Meyer lock horns. I, I'm going to see Harbaugh and Meyer uh, do it every year. So I'd love to see Harbaugh go against Saban. I think that would be just an interesting chess match. And believe it or not, I would not just automatically assume that Alabama would win that game. I'd have to look at it. No, uh, that's not where I would be either. You know, who, who knows what uh... – what would happen in a game like that? And it looks like we're headed to that. But there is that big game at the end of the uh, season in the Big Ten when uh, Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh lock horns. So we do need to think about that. All right. Uh, our picks are coming up in the final segment of this hour. We put together both the NFL and college football picks here on the Football Friday Show. Before we head into a break and come back with some NFL talk, let's bring our man Les in here and see real quick what he's got uh, on his mind in college football coming up this weekend. Les, how you doing? Man, morning, morning. What's going on, fellas? Yeah, hey, Les, how are you, buddy? Man, uh, I'm trying to stay positive, stay positive, stay positive. Yeah, keep talking. <laughs> well, I, saw you listed, I saw you lifting weights yesterday. You look pretty positive. I saw you, you your workout online. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fitness nut, so, you know, uh, to take my frustrations out, I have to go lift. After. Yeah, I figure Tuesday Les, night. You've been, Les, you've been a Lions fan for the last forty-eight years of your life. You should look. You should look like Drago from from the Rocky movies if you lifted every time you got frustrated. Uh, don't go there. Don't go there. Leave my Lions. <laughs> God man. All right. Well, listen, Les, man. What do you think in college football? Well, killing Matthew Stafford. I don't want to go, but don't don't deal with the Lions. Go ahead. Throw those college football picks out for us. Ah. Uh, uh, nothing. I, I, hey man, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I do like, um, I like what uh, Arkansas is gonna do this weekend. Um, I, I like Washington this weekend, and um, I see Washington being a surprise, man. Uh, most people think that they're gonna, they're gonna lay down. I think Chris uh, Peterson is a little pissed off at, at all the teams that beat him the last few years. Right when he, you know, first became the Huskies coach. So I think he's gonna he gonna he gonna give uh, USC a salakin this weekend. Well, but here's the uh, thing: he doesn't have to worry about that because that was the game where Sark was drunk on the sideline. So even last year as a 17 point underdog, they won at USC. <laughs> right, right, right. But he remember he remember all those times he got his butt whooped the first year. So <laughs> payback is gonna be a mug. <laughs> um, so my man Les, you like Washington? You like Arkansas? Yep. And, listen, and I do like I like the Utah State game. If LSU goes out to Arkansas and loses, um, and that's probably it for Ed Ogeron, no? Um, they don't want to give Ed Ogeron the head coaching job anyway, man. I mean, you know, Ed has been the, the greatest uh, defensive coordinator, assistant coach, you know, to most programs. And when it comes to the time for looking for a, a prime candidate for that program, the kids rally behind him. They start playing well, and then they lose one game. And if you notice, uh, they snowball at the end of the year because he's not getting a job. It seems like he turns off, and once he turns off, the kids turn off. 
That's um, you know that's a good that's a good assessment. I just don't think he's he is a guy leading a program. I think he's a guy who's great at recruiting, great at you know coaching your lines. He, you know he's got that Southern Louisiana drawl. He you know you drag him up from a barbecue pit. He slaps you on the back. You want to go to LSU or wherever the hell he's coaching. But I don't know if that's really the guy they want leading so their you're program. You're saying Ed Ogeron's an outstanding interim interim head coach. He's uh, done he's great in that job. I, I, I'm not going to even call him an interim coach. He's a he's a great D coordinator. He's not a head coach. He's not he's not ready for head coach. If he's if he's going to get be a head coach, well, he's he ain't ready now. He well, I, SC let him go. Uh, his other programs have let him let him go. I mean Mississippi. I mean, so he's late you name it. What you tell him? Basically. <laughs> With a better personality, though. He's got a much better personality than Lane Kiffin. Yo, no, Lane no, Kiffin, is, no. he, he's the I, West I'm Coast. I'm making the comparison. You know just their coordinator types, probably not guys to lead an entire program. Right. Yeah, I agree with Les on that. I don't know, but I think Les and I are saying the same thing. I feel the same way about Kiffin as I do o- Ogeron. I think Lane's a great offensive coordinator, calls great plays. If he stays in that job, he can probably do it in the NFL someday and be very successful like his father. I just don't know if he's a head coach, and that's kind of how I feel about Ogeron at leading and constructing a program that has a direction and, and all the things that go with running a big-time program. I'm not sure that's that's what he's best suited for. All right, Liz, i got to let you go, but just I wanted to throw this out to you. I'm sitting here, I'm watching ESPN on the TV here, and the basketball, college basketball season is getting ready to kick off here. And I'm looking at Seth Greenberg uh, giving analysis here. Now, when you and I were at Long Beach State and Coach Greenberg was coaching a basketball team, did you see him getting himself to this point? Did you see that? Um, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. God has blessed Seth Greenberg uh, with the athletes that he had. Um, Seth Greenberg has now become a knowledgeable coach. Uh, when he was at Long Beach State, he was a nervous wreck. He was chewing up. He was trying to chew up tiles like Tarkanian. Uh, he was trying to emulate Tarkanian. Um, he would run zones. I mean, and pass the ball for three minutes a quarter. I used to be like, "Where the hell is this guy?" And I mean, he's went from Long Beach State to South Florida to you know Virginia Tech, and every program that he's come across, he's resurrected and made him a solid program as far as a basketball program. Len, I do distinctly so, remember this, and I know you do too. Um, you know, you remember that UNLV, UNLV team? I, I don't know if it was 90 or 91, but they came to town, and they were massive. They were big time, and they came and played us, Long Beach State, and, I, and he ran the shot clock down to .05 every time they had the ball. Do you remember that? Absolutely. I, at the Long Beach Coliseum. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely. Unbelievable. It was unsuccessful, but God, did he put us all to sleep? I, I, I well, thought, I thought you, were, I thought you were throwing less of softball there because I could, I could hear the way his, the, the answer to the question started off, and I was like, oh God, I can't wait to hear this. But actually, less you complimented Seth Greenberg. Am I understanding well, this correctly? Well, well, I'm gonna be honest with you. He, he was, he was trying to save his, his, his tail from getting whacked because. Uh, I mean, Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, uh, Greg Anthony. Uh, yeah, Peter played regular basketball, Les. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that in my lifetime I was able to see those guys live play. If Peter played regular basketball, they'd have run us right off that court. Man, Moses. Oh, Curry, I mean, I still bro, remember. 
they had an NBA squad against a, a college group of kids, and out of all those guys, only two guys from Long Beach State made it to the NBA. So, um, well, I still remember that UNLV team being an utter shock in when they were going for the back-to-back, and they lost. They were undefeated, and they lost in the final four or elite eight. I forget which round it was against the Duke because they had beaten Duke by thirty points the year before in the national championship game, and I was just. I do remember that they lost. I do remember that. Yeah, they, they I was shocked. They, hey, bro, hey, bro, they took the money, bro. The bet, the better than Vegas. <laughs> oh, stop it already! The better than Vegas told them, look, hey, y'all go out there and just act like y'all want to win a few games, but oh, we stop gonna, we gonna, that already! Hey, hey, all of them dudes got paid. All of them got paid. Oh, listen to that. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> all right, my man, I gotta let you go. We got to do some NFL on here, as always. I appreciate you. Uh, calling in and listening to the Gridiron Stat Show. And you didn't get my last pick, Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do BC. that. All right, I'm with you on that. I'm feeling Virginia Tech this week, man. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you next week on the other side. Man, I hope America can be good, not great. Yeah. All right, man. We'll talk to you next <laughs> oh, week. stop it. We'll be fine, Les. Relax. All right, that was my man, Les. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, it's NFL time here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. Oh, child, oh, child. But I'm piped up. up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Uh, pipe it up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. 
Speed is what you need. So hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. We got to jump into this NFL, and uh, I'll try to try to figure out what's going to happen here on this uh, weekend of NFL action. I, yeah, you know, all the, all the talk has been about you know the ratings for the NFL and um, how much do you put into. Well, look, what about this? Maybe is could there be too much parity in the league? Uh, are there too many matchups mm-hmm. with five and four teams facing uh, six and three teams or? Four and four teams facing five and four teams, and then that's just not make it very exciting for, for folks out there. Is that a possibility? Well, I don't consider in the NFL, I don't consider six and three mediocre. I think what your point is more if you go look, there's a ton of teams between five, right? Let's do this. Right now in the league, and I'm going to put the Seahawks in the six win category with their tie. I'm going to be kind, okay, because they're five, two, and one. Right now there's four, five, six, Seven teams only who have more than five wins through nine through eight or nine games, okay? That means you've got, if you go look at your schedule, probably if I go down here, you've probably got 13 or 14 teams with four or five wins. And if I count the Cardinals and, and Bengals in the four win because they're both three, four, and one, you've got more than half the league in what you're describing as this, this bucket in the middle. Yeah, let me run through these matchups. Packers 4-4 four four versus Titans 4-5. Four Broncos 6-3 versus Saints 4-4. Four four. Rams 3-5 versus Jets 3-6. Falcons 6-3 versus Eagles 4-4. Four four. Bears 2-6 versus the Buccaneers 3-5. Vikings 5-3 versus the Redskins 4-3. Jets uh, Chiefs 6-2 versus Panthers 3-5. Texans 5-3 versus Jaguars 2-6. Dolphins 4-4 four four versus Chargers 4-5. 49ers and Cardinals getting together. They're one's one and seven. The other one's three and four. Um, you know, everyone wants to see these following matchups: Cowboys seven and one versus the Steelers four and four. Uh, obviously, the really big one is the one on Sunday night at Seahawks five and two versus the Patriots seven and one. Uh, I mean, uh, we get to this point in our Football Friday show every week, and I can't sit here and say let's preview, let's preview these NFL matchups. If you've noticed, I haven't done that. I think at all this year. I'm just not going to do the. Well, the, the nature, you know, the nature of the match. league. They're trying to create a league where, at the end of the year, everybody has a chance. But sometimes I think in sports you're better off with having, you know, if you had an NFL with with ten really dominant teams, 
15 poor teams, like teams that were, you know, three and six, and, you know, only a few in the middle that had a chance to go either direction, you might be better off because you get more games where you had really good teams playing one another versus what you got now is what you just described. I mean, that Packers Titans game is a classic example of what the NFL's got. You got two teams whose season can go in either direction right now. I mean, we don't know if Green Bay is, is, just a, a good team struggling or if they're just not a very good team um the titans they're the definition of mediocre that's not going to get a lot of eyeballs to that game unless you're a fan of either team yeah um you know I mean, who knows the league might be worn down but nevertheless uh, i don't want to harp on that it seems that no i mean it is what it is we, we you and i go off on that every year i'm not sure it's ever going to change because they think their formula is Hey, we we keep twenty teams in this thing till the end of the year, at least in week seventeen, the last week of the season. You got a bunch of meaningful games versus, you know, nothing being meaningful. So no, I, I mean they're not changing that. All right. With that said, let's jump in our fantasy football focus because I'm not going to do the game by game uh, preview. Just not going to do that. I just don't think that's great radio. I don't think our listeners out there really want to hear that. But they do want to talk about fantasy because it's growing and it's growing fast and it just continues to grow. Um, you, uh, you know, I sat, I was on YouTube the other day and I uh, somehow stumbled upon uh, people giving advice on fantasy football. And they will, I mean, the people that are doing this just don't look like football fans, so to speak. Uh, it, it just seems like people who, you know, um, have found a way or know how to profit on, on, on fantasy football, know how to make some money off of it. And for that reason, they play it. And maybe that's, Maybe they end up watching football games where they otherwise just absolutely would not. These just do not look like people that if you remove fantasy football from the equation that they would sit out on a Sunday or a Monday night and watch a football game. Oh, well, I mean, I think, you know, I think the vast majority of them couldn't, t- couldn't tell you half the things that are going on technically in a football game. Now, that doesn't mean they're not allowed to watch, and I'm not going to criticize them, but I do think that, you know, you've got a whole swath of fans that really – don't know much about football. Um, they've applied a lot of mathematics, some of the more serious yeah. players to this. That drives me crazy when I listen to a guy analyze a game and he starts going into, you know, uh, the, the Eagles average 4.7 yards per play and their play success rate uh, based on my formula. It's like, get, ugh, give me a break. Hey, sit down. <laughs> sit down somewhere. You know what I mean? Can you go, go sit down? You can sit in a corner. Yes. Well said, exactly. Yeah, there you go. All right, but nevertheless, fantasy football is uh, it's it's it has swept the nation. It's in every corner. Amol at FanDuel.com, uh, one of the best in doing so. And every week we have our fantasy football focus, sponsored by FanDuel. If you're not on yet, playing daily fantasy football sports on FanDuel, what are you waiting for? They have uh, beginners. Uh, they have contests for beginners. They have 50/50 contests, which allows you know if you're in the top. 50% of the people that participated, you could win some money. You could start leagues with your own friends. Or if you think you're that good, you can jump in some of the expert games where uh, some of the top prizes are 10, 25,000, 50,000, $100,000. So you're feeling, you're feeling lucky. You're feeling like you're that good, man. Maybe you could change your life with one of those prizes. And it's not a whole lot to get into a $1, $2, $5 entry, um, $25 entry into the game. So it's not, that's going to break your back. And you'll also have a good time playing GM, you do it anyway with your friends, so why not profit from it? So head over to FanDuel.com right now, enter the promo code GoodIronStuds, and you get a nice bonus to kick off your daily fantasy football uh, life. 
there on FanDuel.com. So, all right, let's talk about what we're going to do here. Since I'm the guy, what's our record? I'm one and four. You're four and one in this thing. Is that how this is right that, now? That, that's, that's where we stand right yeah, now. Yeah, we need to fix that. All right, here's what I'm thinking about uh, this weekend. Quarterback-wise, uh, we did kind of throw out there about the Packers and the Titans. You know what? I'm going to back Marcus Mariota. This guy's been solid all year long. It's really not his fault that he's in, on a franchise that just um, is, you know, been an underachieving franchise for quite some time now. But despite that fact, Marcus Mariota has been playing good football, and I think that can continue here against a Packers team that, as we've talked about here for several weeks, just refuses to run the football. That means the other team's going to get several opportunities to play ball, and the Packers defense is just not is not exactly lighting things up. Last week, they went out and gave up 31 points to the Colts. Week before that, Falcons, 33 points. A couple of weeks before that, 30 points to the Cowboys. So they're just not getting it done defensively in Green Bay. I think Marcus Mariota can have himself a day uh, at home against the visiting Packers who are struggling a little bit. I'm going to steal your guy that you've uh, piled up some points of me on uh, over several weeks this season. I'm going to take Spencer Ware and get him back into the fold. I'm going to slide him on over into my camp. Take him as a running oh, back. Wow. Yeah, he's coming back this week. He's going to be playing ball for the Chiefs. And I like him in this matchup against a struggling Panthers team. Uh, I think Kansas City is going to want to really get him going, uh, get him back into the fold. So I see him doing some things. And the other thing that's good about Spencer Ware is that he uh, can also catch some passes out of the backfield, which is great when you're taking a running back in daily fantasy football because sometimes the team just does shut you down from running the ball. Um, in his case, though, um, that wouldn't be the end all. If he's if he can't find his running room, uh, they do throw him the ball out of the backfield. He's pretty good in space. So I'm going to take Spencer Ware. And then finally, I'm going to go off the beaten path and take a guy that's been kind of underrated this year but is producing. Uh, it's a second-year guy, Jamison Crowder for Washington. Uh, I like what he's been doing. Uh, he's been laying low. And against this Vikings team visiting, the Vikings do play good defense. I think uh, they may focus a little bit more on Pierre Garçon. Um, and Jameson Crowder might be able to have himself a day. I think the Vikings will focus on, on you know, Jordan Reed uh, and Pierre Garçon, and they might forget about good old Crowder. You know, Cousins. I like the way I like the way you fit in the first two guys by going on a little on the cheap with Crowder. I think he could be could have a nice game this week. Good side. That's yeah, a slide game. So just giving you what it's costing you here uh, on FanDuel, Marcus Mariota is going to cost you seventy four hundred. Spencer Ware is going to cost you 7300 and then Jamison Crowder is going to cost you six k So uh, out of those three, you're going to spend uh, – I'm under the cap that our pre uh, – our, our, you know, preset cap that we have here of $21,000. I'm there at 20700 So that's my three, as I'm going to get this win this week. Okay, well, you you might you might because this is a a a, a boon or bust boom or bust pick in that I'm going to take Jay Cutler as my quarterback. You know, Jay, I don't give a damn. But Jay, but Jay actually gave a damn. You know, I have to. If we're going to abuse the guy, let's give some credit. Apparently, when they went out and beat the Minnesota Vikings a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, Jay stood up in the locker room and gave an impassioned speech about giving a damn and staying together and you know what an honor it is to be a professional football. Of all people, and the Bears actually, guys went and mentioned how inspired they were. They went out and played well that night, and now they get to go to play Tampa, who really, you know, I'm surprised that franchise just can't turn the corner. Um, they don't play any defense, really. I've seen some of their games recently, uh, my, my package. They're just not playing defense, and uh, the Bears like to throw it all over the yard. So I'm going to go with Cutler here. I have a feeling he'll have a pretty big day. Sounds good. Who's your running back? 
Running back, I'm going with a guy I used last week. He didn't hurt me. I mean, he, he didn't get touchdowns last week. But uh, to me, the Eagles' offense to be successful at this point without having any kind of really great wide receiver, they need to run it through uh, Darren Sproles. Right now, Carson Wentz is showing that he's a rookie. I mean, he looked the part last week. He threw a couple picks, made some bad decisions. I think they need to get Sproles more involved, easier throws out of the backfield, get him on linebackers where he can make things happen. The Falcons aren't exactly the steel curtain. I mean, they'll they'll usually give you some opportunities to move the football. So I think Sproles will have a nice day against them. And then finally, my Cowboys are playing the Steelers. I have a feeling Antonio Brown's going to have a good day in this game, and here's why. The Steelers did nothing last week, okay? They had 100 yards of offense to start the fourth quarter against a very good Ravens defense. They've lost three in a row. They're at home. They need this game way more than Dallas. Now, that doesn't mean they'll win the game. I don't know, but I have a feeling they'll be they'll be focused, especially on the side of the ball that they're good, which is offense. Um, I think Brown can be a mother to keep under control if if the Steelers can protect Roethlisberger. I think he's gonna have a really big day for the for the Steelers. So I'm gonna go with him as my wide receiver. All right. So giving you uh, the cost of value on all these guys, Jay Cutler's gonna cost you seven thousand at FanDuel. Uh, Sproles with 4,800 last week. They bumped him up, Abel. He's now 5,100 uh, at FanDuel. And then uh, your boy Antonio Brown. I guess that's the that's the big money guy for you this week. You better produce, my friend. It's costing you 8,600. Uh, yeah, definitely 8,600. He's going to cost you over at uh, FanDuel. So the the rosters are in for our fantasy football focus. Again, head over to FanDuel.com and start your daily fantasy football career. Uh, you can invite friends, you can uh, play in beginner games, or you can go for the big time, the million-dollar to two million-dollar games. Um, you can do all that when you head over to FanDuel.com, enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS, and start yourself off with a bonus. All right, it's time for us to put in our picks. Emil, you're going to go first. It's college and NFL packaged together, man. Hit it. We need to know what you're going with. Okay, let's start, obviously, college football. I'm going to roll with a team that I haven't been supporting nearly as much as you all year, uh, but I really like West Virginia getting two points on the road at Texas. Uh, Charlie got the the Longhorns to play some good games this year, but at other times they just come out flat. I think this is a spot where uh, West Virginia needs the game more. I think they're the better team this year. I'll take West Virginia with the two points. Second game, I'm kind of going against what you said earlier when we were previewing the game. I like Indiana at home getting seven against Penn State. I know Penn State's been playing well, but one thing about Indiana, they slid under the radar. They're five and four. They're not a bad team. They always seem to give teams fits at home recently. They're getting a touchdown. I think this might be a little bit of a flat game for Penn State. I'll take Indiana plus the seven. Finally, we're rolling into the big game of the week. As you said, uh, the Washington Huskies come in here nine and zero. The bullies of the Pac-12 right now playing my Trojans at six and three. Uh, USC is not the same team uh, that they were when when Sam Darnold took over at quarterback. Completely different team. Uh, probably the best six and three team in the country. I'm going to grab eight and a half points here. I think that's a bloated number. Uh, Washington will probably get the win at home, but uh, I think this is a good ball game throughout. So I'll take USC plus eight and a half. Moving over to the NFL. Something smells in that Panthers Chiefs game. 
because the Chiefs roll in at six and two. Uh, the Panthers are three and five, but quietly the last couple games the Panthers have seemed to figure out some of their defensive woes. I'm going to lay the three points at home here. Panthers get back on track. Uh, Chiefs struggled a little offensively last week. I think they will again here, and the Panthers get the win minus three. Uh, next, we're rolling to big Washington D.C. They had an election. They also have a football team. It's five three and one, and uh, you know looking at a shot to make the playoffs and limping in come the Minnesota Vikings. No offense, no running game, no chance in this one. I think the line, I don't know why it's only two and a half, uh, disrespecting the Redskins here at home. I think the Redskins beat the Vikings fairly easily. I'll lay the two and a half with the Skins. And then finally, uh, you, you look at the last game of the week. Um, I'm trying to figure out what do I do, take points, give points. I got the Denver Broncos. They got throttled on Sunday night football. Now they're getting three points against the Saints. Yeah, I know the Saints have been playing better, but come on. This is a defending Super Bowl champs. You're going to give them three? I'll take the three points. I'll take the Broncos. Outright win. Wow. Uh, very interesting, Emil. We're on three of the same games out of the six games that you picked. So that's going to make uh, what I'm about to say here very, very interesting. But here's uh, where I'm going with uh, on this whole deal this week. All right, starting off in college football. You pick West Virginia, I take Texas. I think West Virginia's done. They've shot their loads. They were on a nice little run there. They were 6-0, and um, you know, for a little bit of a while there. They were just really enjoying life as a, an undercover, undefeated football team. But when I'm looking at how they've been playing football lately, I'm just really not into it. They took that loss to uh, Oklahoma State. They come back next week. Why is uh, Kansas scoring 21 points on you at home? I just don't think uh, West Virginia's mind is right right now. Texas continues to play hard for Charlie Strong, and I, you know, I enjoy seeing that. Back-to-back wins, you beat Baylor, you beat Texas Tech, you come back home, you can't lose to West Virginia. So I'm going to back Texas in this one. And our line is two, correct? Correct. Am I correct? All right, all right. Taking Texas. Yeah, no, you got it. Minus two. You got Texas minus two. I got you down on the spreadsheet here. Yeah, you're going to have to uh, give all the official lines on this one. The next one I'm rolling with, I'm going to slide on over to the Pac-12. That's your conference. And I'm going to take the brains over there. It's the brain guys, Stanford over Oregon. You know, when Oregon was rolling really, really well, uh, Stanford had mind control over these guys. That's not going to change because Oregon has slid all the way down the pole. They're 3-16. Last thing they want to see is Stanford. Stanford's coming to town. Not having the greatest of seasons at six and three, but one thing they've always known is that they can take Oregon out anytime that they want to. And this will be yet another Saturday where they do that. Three points, not too much to ask for here, especially since I feel Stanford is the better team and will win this game. I think I'm getting a bargain at minus three, so I'm going to take Stanford in that one. And then staying in the Pac-12, it's Cal and Washington State. Hey, someone wants to make Washington State a 14 and a half point favorite. I get it. They beat up on Arizona. You and I talked about it. We think Rich Rod has packed it in, and so has Arizona. So that leads a whole lot to what we saw last week. If you're asking Washington State to go out and blow out people when they're expected to, that's just not them. They've had some blowouts this season. It's happened when they are underdogs. But ask Washington State to be a big favorite, their nuts tend to shrivel up. And this is a situation where I think that will happen. Uh, they're going to want to throw the ball all around the yard because that's what Washington State does. That'll keep California in this game. If they don't win it, I think the back door is always open. Uh, when you're playing Washington State, they're laying a whole bunch of points. So I'm going to take Cal in this one. I believe I've got a number here, 14 and a half. You can correct me on that. 15. Don't rip yourself off. You're getting a full 15 points there with Cal. Well, I will take those 15 points. And now sliding over to the NFL, uh, we got a couple of games here that uh, you and I are on. We happen to be uh, on 
Uh, the same one when we talk about Denver. Denver um, is, again, you know, a team that was embarrassed. I agree with a lot of what you said there. It's a prideful program. It's a good football team. And uh, I fully expect them to come back and snap back in a, in a big way in this contest as, uh, you know, they, they come back and take on uh, – you know, take on take on the role of uh, trying to get their act back together here on the road against the Saints. The Saints who who playing some decent football lately, but these are the Broncos. They're upset. They're coming in. They're six and three. They've got uh, some things they want to accomplish this season, and they're not going to let the Saints be the ones to do that. Uh, Green Bay taking on Tennessee. I've been critical of Green Bay and their inability to run the football and all that good stuff. But you know what? Given the disappointment they've experienced lately, this is a game that the Packers should, could, and want to win. They need to end a little drought, um, and I think they're going to be able to get that done. I don't know what that means for their future, but I know in this particular week, I think Green Bay can come out and get it done, cover two and a half. They cannot lose to the Tennessee Titans. And then finally, um, here's another game that you and I are uh, have picked, but I'm on the other side. I like Kansas City in this game. The Panthers are just, you know, they've got some stuff going on. Yes, back-to-back wins. Uh, they beat the Cardinals traveled all the way out west and beat the Rams. I think that's enough for them. I don't see them putting together a three-game win streak. They're just not that team this year. On the flip side, Kansas City is a damn good football team. They're on a four-game win streak. They're really, really feeling themselves right now. With the Raiders getting things done and them knowing what Denver is like, I think that uh, we're going to get the most out of Kansas City here. I like them um, as an underdog in this game against the Carolina Panthers. So there you have it. That is my college and NFL slate this week, my friend. Do I have those numbers? Wow. Yeah, you're good. We're good. All right, you're good. We're good. And you know what? You're out of here, my friend. I got to kick you out. I got to bring Joshua Wilson in. It's time to talk some high school football. I got to talk about the babies, my friend. Okay, well, have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy the games, and we'll see you on Monday. All right, Emil's out of here. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, it's Joshua Wilson joining me to talk high school football playoffs here in uh, the state of Florida. Stay with us. We'll be right back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this quick break. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now!
is that time of year again, and now is the time to get your free health insurance for you and your loved ones. Primary care insurance is now enrolling individuals into their Obamacare insurance plans. So call today, 954-278-8696. That's correct. Free health insurance Obamacare is now available from November 1st, January 31st. But it's urgent that you call today, 954-278-8696. Open enrollment only comes once a year. This means that the government is willing to pay for your health insurance needs. You can also visit them now on their website, OptimumNationalInsurance.com. That's OptimumNationalInsurance.com. Take care of your health care needs. Take care of yourself. All right, we're back here on the Great Iron Stud Show. It's 11:22. It is a uh, you know high school football is uh, coming down to a close. Believe that or not, that is actually happening here. Um, it seems like just yesterday we were doing the kickoff classics and all that good stuff, and now it's uh, working its way down to the end as the teams make their their track right now to the to Orlando here in the state of Florida, which is where all of the state championship games are going to occur this year. And uh, who better to have on with me talking about all this than Joshua Wilson. Hey, we kicked this thing off yesterday, Josh. Uh, were there any surprises there for you? Well, you, you know, you know what, and, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my, I'm gonna have my few few moments of shining here with this one because I really think, you know, I had people coming down on me trying to say, you know, I had a couple, I had one person at least tried to tell me that all oh, that Atlantic might not have a chance to beat Wellington, you know, it's not the same Atlantic team, I, you know, I looked at the games, you know, and I, I went with a gut instinct, and I had, I had to look at the schedules, and I'm just like, you know, Atlantic has played four playoff teams compared to what Wellington's played, and I mean, I guarantee that, you know, granted, the Hurricane kind of have an impact on the schedules, but... You know, yeah, you know, I, I felt like in my mind, you know, even if Atlantic is hurt and Atlantic is having to use a backup quarterback to to, to, to basically jolt the game, you know, I, I still felt like, you know, you know what, I think Atlantic knows how to get through these situations, you know, how to get through, you know, play a tough, play a tougher schedule, play through and get through that. And I'll tell you what, I, I took Atlantic, you know, as a gut pick and it, and it proved out right. I'm seven and over so far. I'm a playoff pick. Yeah, well, I, you know, I see that, and, uh, you know, tremendous, you know, pat on the back for you there. Uh, anything else go on last night that made you scratch your head? Well, I, I think Glade Central trying to keep it close with Booker T was another one. I thought, you know, given that the way Glade Central has played this year, I think, it's, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, this is going to probably be, a, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's going to be Booker T's going to run away with this. Glade Central's going to have a hard time. And, you know, I thought there were moments where I'm like, oh, great. Clayton's just going to come back and <laughs> we're going to have we're going to deja vu all over again. You know, if you looked at this Booker T team though, just the way they started off the season, they beat American Heritage, they beat St. Thomas, uh, they kind of limped to the finish here. So it wasn't too inconceivable that they could run into a little back and forth with Glade Central. What do you, what's your feeling about this Booker T team? Are they going to feel like they're going to be able to make it back to Orlando? Is or is Coco going to be a big problem? You know. You know, I, 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 when I put the four, because I still got, I still got the other three, to, well, the lowest three to put on the bracket projection. But when I put the four A bracket projection up last night, I'm just still, you know, and, and I've had it set this way for over a week now uh, on paper. And I just still, I, I still, you know, until someone can prove me that they can knock them out in the playoffs, I know you can beat them in the regular season because we've seen that the last couple of years. You know, they've had what five last year, three this year, so. Yeah, they've had eight losses in the regular season over the last two years. Until somebody actually proves to me that they can knock them out in the playoffs, I still feel like, hey, hey, they're they're the team that has a chance to do this. 
and that's my thing, you know. You know, I, I mean, and, and the thing is, is that can Coco really do it? I that's my question mark, and I'm not sure. You know, I think you know if if, if Booker T plays it right, they'll be able to get by Coco. The only question then, the question would be is, okay, if Booker T gets through this slot and all, you know, gets through all of his onslaught and all that, and gets, you know, gets probably bowls, you know, in, in the state in the state championship for the fifth time in six years. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, at that point, is the question is. Does Bowles have enough to stop Booker T in the tracks to, to to keep him from making history? You know, because you know there's no, no team that has done has won five straight in Florida. The, the, the record's four that they joined last year in that in that, in that sense. Sure, um, I just I, 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 uh, was a pretty close game last night. Well, uh, for, for, one, for much of it, were you surprised by that? That one surprised me a bunch. I thought, you know, thinking given the given the history of everything, given the fact that. Piper couldn't even keep Piper couldn't keep up with Deerville Beach two weeks ago, you know, mm-hmm. thirty five nothing. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you're not gonna keep up with Flanagan. You know, if you can't keep up with Deerfield, you're not keeping up with Flanagan. You know, you look at Flanagan's two losses, well guess what? Who did they come to? Oxbridge and Aquinas. Right. Well, come on. It it it, it, it that's just you know, it's one of those things. I think the whole the whole. But Flanagan struggled offensively pretty much all season, so that right. would that's, that's, lend, that's, your, lend it to them having a lot of close football games. Right. I, yeah, I'd say that that's the thing, and I think the defense is what helps them. You know, helps them out. But this is where I look at the back at the bracket projection. I say, you know what, Flanagan might have a chance to get to the state semifinal again this year, just because you know, looking at the region. But once they get to the state semifinal and looking at that Miami Southbridge team, there is no way Flanagan's going back to the state championship game because that Miami Southbridge team will – if, if, if Flanagan thinks they have problems now in offense, Southbridge will shut them down totally. If you will, yeah, I mean, Southbridge posted another shutout. They shut out Southwest. I mean, Southwest is no juggernaut, but um, Southbridge has been playing outstanding defensively, and it's yet another shutout for this team. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the thing that I am looking at right now on that Southridge team, and I think some people think I might be crazy, but if you look at what Southridge is doing, you're going to follow that trend, and you're going to take that trend. And you know what? I'll take that trend all the way to Orlando and them winning that state championship this year. Yeah, uh, so, you I'm know, a, a lot of things to keep your, you know, your eyes on there. Let's talk about some of the games that are coming up tonight. Obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the bulk of the playoff games are coming down tonight. And staying in that 8-8, um, over there in, in Region 4, uh, we've got Columbus taking on American. I think we know what's going to happen there. Gables taking on North Miami Beach. How about Palmetto yeah. and the Jesuit? You know, that's a 3 o'clock game this afternoon, so that's going to – you know, it's an early afternoon game. Uh, you know, you know, I, I think Berlin has been inconsistent this year. And just looking – if you look if you look at the entire schedule, you look at the scores – you know, the fact that Monsignor Pace basically had him on the ropes for the entire game, you know, the final game of the season, you know, you're thinking, okay, yeah, I understand, yeah, they probably may have rested a bunch of starters, but you can tell that there's been inconsistent periods, you know, during the season where, you know, teams have had him on the ropes, and I think even Southwest Miami had him on the ropes for a little bit during that during their game earlier in the season. I just, in my mind, just think, you know, that, you know, that Miami Palmetto team might actually be a better team given considering who they have played. You know, I, I just don't – I'd like to give Miami Palmetto that chance to get to the second round and get a rematch with Southridge, but then we all know what's going to happen. Southridge is probably yeah. going to throw the shutout again. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's 
you know, it, it, it's the it, it's the nature of the trend. And I and I don't know if there's you know thinking of going back to Southbridge for a second. I don't know if there is going to done that six consecutive shutouts like that. I mean, it, the figure that if they keep doing shutouts along the way, I you know I I, I gotta wonder. I'm gonna have to ask somebody about that. But you know, if, what if there's a record for most consecutive shutouts in the state? Because this is. This is interesting to follow on that one, but I yeah, think what, yeah, I think you I, have I to probably maybe look at uh, some of those Pahokee teams from back in the day, but that, they're definitely doing something outstanding. Yeah, and I think I think in my mind here though is that you look at you you give my comment of the chance against Berlin, you know, they get Southridge, but again. I just, you know, and, and, and I'm looking at Coral Gables and Columbus right above, and you know what? I think, you know, if you look back at Coral Gables and Columbus, I think that might have been a fluke game for Gables, losing that, dropping that game. Considering how, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at all the other games that Gables has played, and they've come out pretty good on uh, on the winning end. I, yeah, I it should make, a, it should make the rematch very interesting, don't you think? I, I think it makes the rematch very interesting, but I think it gives, you know, and they say it's tough to beat the same team twice in the in one season. I think you know, maybe Coral Gables didn't put much into that first game against Columbus, expecting to reach them again. I I I, I think I think their mindset's going to be different. I really think that mindset will be different for a rematch because there is no way you tell me. If you tell me any of those District 13 teams, North Miami Beach or, and and uh, American are going to get out of, out of the first round, I think you're joking. <laughs> I would I would I would literally call you. I don't think you're joking because look at the schedule they play. Yeah, no, that, really definitely don't hard. expect that to happen. In Region Two and Three, two teams that people have talked a lot about is Park Vista and Vero Beach. Forecast their chances. Park Vista, you know, look at if you look at Park Vista, I think they get to the regional final. You know what? And that's the question. You want to think. You know, I still think Flanagan gets – you'll get Flanagan. I think Flanagan moves on to the state semifinal. But I'd say Park Vista is probably the best team out of that group coming out of Region 3, not – you know, out of that top top half of Region 3. The question is, if Flanagan keeps on struggling, Park Vista is going to have a chance in that regional final if that comes down to it. So that's where I'm thinking. And then you look you look at Region 2, and, you, and some people think Vero Beach. I, you know, I think Vero Beach gets to the regional final. Final this year, but you got to look out for Dr. Phillips. I mean, I, I think people are totally, you know, it's Dr. Phillips. If you look at the schedule they played, they played a really, you know, they played a much better schedule than Vero Beach had. And that's why I think Dr. Phillips. I and, and, and I look at it, and, you know, I think you know, you look at Popka and Dr. Phillips, and I had to teeter totter because first I thought, okay, Popka might be, you know, might be good enough to repeat this year. But then I went back and looked at the score between Popka and Dr. Phillips earlier in the season. And it was a one-point game. Well, you know that, that's the that that is probably the you know the, that game and probably Apocalypse game against Wakaiva, which I I really think you know looking at it, I think Doctor Phillips is probably the choice to come out of the North at this particular point. The yeah, we'll just have to see how that the, how that whole thing um, you know unfolds. Oh, yeah. Tonight will certainly be interesting. Sliding down though in the Class Seven A Region Four, I mean St. Thomas is the class of that class. Uh, I don't see anyone here being able to stop them getting out of there. So with that being the case, is no. there any are there any threats in Region Three for St. Thomas? And it's the, the Region Three, the Region Three teams, I think, could be a potential. You know, if if they, if they want to make a play on Aquinas in that state semifinal, which Aquinas will host that state semifinal no matter what. Mm-hmm. The question is, do you get Tampa Bay Tech or do you get Venice? I, I like Venice right now. 
I like Venice right now to make it there, but I don't. You know, it's it, it, because if this being on the being able to be, this is going to be played at, at Piccolo there. I they, that that that's home field advantage. That's Aquinas's baby. That, they're going they're going to win this whole thing. Well, now tell me something. Why would uh why would St. Thomas get that home game in that in that regional final? Well, in the state semifinal, they would get the state semifinal home game in the state semifinal because of that's what that's what the FHA assigned for that line, for, for the for, for that classification is regions two and four would get to host it here because regions one and three hosted last year, so it, it flips this year depending on the bracket. Now everybody goes by bottom line of the bracket this year, all the regional brackets, no matter regardless of the class. So, I mean, looking at it right now. I mean, Aquinas could be – Aquinas is likely going to be home for – you know, they got the home game tonight, home game probably next week versus Dwyer, I probably would think. Because, you know, I mean, if, if Dwyer doesn't beat Fort Lauderdale, then Dwyer really isn't a good team. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's what I would have to say about that. You know, you know, and looking at that, and then it's the only time I would see them going on the road before having to deal with anything going on the road to Orlando would be, okay, you get MacArthur, you have to go over to MacArthur, you know. Okay, so that brings up an interesting question as I slide into our situation being American Heritage um, in Class 5A. Uh, If Bishop Moore were to end up being the team, let's assume, uh, you know, uh, American Heritage wins round one and round two, and and Bishop Moore does the same, where is that game? Where is that game? That would – that game, if Bishop Moore – that would actually be at Bishop Moore because Bishop Moore would be on the road in round two at Palm Bay most likely. Mm Mm-hmm. So okay, that's, so what, that's what I, I that's what I projected out for that thing. I think, to be honest though, I don't. I, I think Palm Bay is actually the better of the teams coming out of that part of the out of the north half of the region, which is why I'm thinking. And in that case, then you know, if if if, if you get if Palm Bay wins, you could y'all, y'all will be home. But if mm-hmm. it's Bishop Moore, then y'all have to go to Bishop Moore because they, they've been on the road. And what is the rule? Like, yeah, what's the rule on that? Um, because I, I know there are a number of people that may be listening that, you know, are somehow connected to the play. So how did, what, what's the rule on that that would allow that to happen? Why would Palm Bay come to American Heritage but not Bishop Moore? What's the rule? Okay, because okay, because Bishop Moore being a district champion, Palm Bay being a district champion, if Bishop Moore wins, well, because Bishop Moore has to go on the – if this happens, Bishop Moore and Palm Bay in round two, because Palm Bay's on the bottom line of the bracket, Palm Bay gets to host, and Bishop Moore mm-hmm. doesn't. Because they they're, they're on the top line. Now, what happens here in this case is say Bishop Moore wins, American Heritage wins. Well, American Heritage is on the bottom line. Well, yeah, okay, it follows the bottom line of the bracket this year. But because Bishop Moore was on the road in round two and they're a mm-hmm. district champion, they get the right to host the regional final because gotcha. they were on the road and y'all got gotcha. to host, y'all got to host the playoff, you know, a round two game. So that's that's the thing right there and all that. So looking look. Looking at it, you know, but I really think, you know, if if you if you want if you if I'm looking for the best teams to come out of this, you know, out of the region four, I think it's Palm Bay and American Heritage, not mm-hmm. Bishop Moore. I think Bishop Bishop Moore Bishop Moore may be Bishop Moore may be nine and one, but Bishop Moore is this is not the same nine and one Bishop Moore team as we saw last year coming into the playoffs. Right, it's definitely right. not the level of state championship team we saw. I think at this particular point, looking at it, you know, I think American Heritage has has a really great path to get to the state championship game and win this, uh, you know. But 
the question is, is who do you get to come out of Region 3 to play in that state semifinal? Yeah, well, I wanted to talk to you about that. I'm, Who's your best team coming out of Region 3? The Jesuit. And, you know, that in, in that case, y'all would get to host that game because, again, that's on the bottom. It's, it, it's the designated region, Regions 2 and 4 this year, get to host. Sure. I, I'm, I'm very I, I'm very intrigued by that. And, you know, but I say if you want to look out for a dark horse, watch out for, watch out for Hardy. Watch out for Hardy. How about that? Pinkos has them losing to Immokalee tonight, but that's interesting that you bring them up as a dark horse. I, I, you know, I, I bring Hardy up as a dark horse because, you know, Immokalee, you know, Pinkos might have Immokalee, you know, winning that game, but I think, I think you know, Immokalee has been at times too inconsistent about what games they need to win and what games they shouldn't drop. Mm. You know, I think that's the, you know, you know, that, that's the thing in my mind. I think Hardy has surprised a lot of people in the process because you know this is a team that was supposed to be rebuilding, and all of a sudden here they are in the playoffs coming into the district champion eight and two. Wait a second, you know it's like you, you know that's that's the thing. And, and you look at Pinkos and what he says and stuff. You know that you know it, it goes by string of schedule. You're not considering other factors that are being put out there. You're not looking at the whole. Sure, you know, it's the, purely it's purely mathematical. I have this question for you, Joshua. It seems like year in, year out, Nature Coast Tech is able to put together some outstanding athletes on their football team, but they've just never been able to put it all together to uh, get really far in this whole playoff thing. Is this year different, or is it same old Nature Coast Tech? You, you, you know what? Nature Coast, you know, they got to the regional final for the first time last year, fell to, you know, fell, fell to Clay in that one. In that, in that one. I think, you know, looking at it, Nature Coast could get to the regional final just because of the path. But maybe, just maybe, could be the year depending on how things go. But, you know, I'm looking at the team that I think really is the maybe the strongest team, that, and I think this was a total surprise this year. That's Baker County because I, you know, and and I have to I have to put I have to put in perspective. Okay, where was the where was the head coach? Where did he come from? Well, he came from Swanee. Well, he coached Swanee and had say Swanee in the state semifinals two years ago. Swanee had been, a, you know, had been, a, you know, he built Swanee into a consistent playoff team in his time there. I think now that the, the everything that has been applied and, and all that has been moved over, and that's that's a big thing. And 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 that's you know on all that, you know, being able to take that what he did at Swanee, put it at Baker County, which which for Jamie Rogers, the head coach, did, he was eat the Baker County grad. To put it there at Baker County, put it into that. I think the big thing there is that you know he's you know it, it, the kids are buying into it and they bought into it at this particular point. You know, go eight and one in the regular season. You had one game get canceled because of the hurricane. Probably going to be nine and one with that. I mean, I, I look at the path and I look and say, you know what? Hey, this this is a chance for Baker County to go beyond the second round for the first time in school history, which they have never. Yeah, done. I know a lot of people have uh, talked strongly about Baker County. Let's go to everyone's favorite classification, and that is Class Six. Let's talk about Region Four. There's Mainland. There's Carroll City. There's Northwestern. Man, who's coming out of Region Four? Oh my goodness, I. I you know what? If you want me to come out of Region Four, let's let's talk about the regional final first. I think that's a Northwestern Mainland showdown right there. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. what. You know what's interesting? Northwestern would have to go to Daytona Beach. That's the same situation that applied to American. Oh, really? With Bishop Morgan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same situation. Because Mainland would have to be Mainland's going to have to be on the road the next round if they win tonight. So they have to go to Sebastian River, most likely who they'll get. 
And then, you know, okay, well, it's a mainly, you know, you get Northwestern coming out. Northwestern beats Carroll City round two in the rematch, which I think that's going to I think happen. that's going to be a war, Joshua. That Carroll City-Northwestern game, because we can make the assumption Dillard and Boynton Beach are going to be out of this thing come, you know, late tonight. That Carroll City-Northwestern oh, game yeah. is going to be an absolute war. And I think it kind that's of weakens the winner of that game in a, in a match with Mainland. Yeah, that, that that's gonna that's and that's the thing. And I, I talked to a couple of people, and I think a lot of people think this is mainland cheer. You know, you don't have to worry about Miami Central. Miami Central ain't there. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're right. Miami, it, Carroll City, and Northwestern are gonna go probably gonna go at it harder than people would think they would go hard at it because now they realize, hey, you know, this is this is a chance to move on. This is a chance to either win or go home. It's a I thought, I think, looking at it, it this is mainland cheer to, to emerge out of, out of region four. You know, they, they, I think they've got a path to win this thing, you know, and that's that's the whole thing. And, yeah, you know, you're winning region four is going to Orlando pretty much, right? I mean, I, is, is there anyone in region three that can stand in the way of a region four winner? Well, if, if you're going to put somebody that might stand in the way, it could be Naples or it could be Charlotte. But I, I, my doubts are aren't fair about that. I think, you know, it, it, it's going to be the Region 4 winner that comes out of the state semifinal, Dakota, Orlando. I think it's the question, who comes out of the North now? Yeah, who, 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 who do you got there? Is it Armwood? Is it Vanguard? Who, who, who do you have? Is there someone I didn't mention? You know, I, I think I think Blake Gibson kind of put a statement when, last week on Vanguard. And that, you know, I thought, okay, before that, you know, I thought, okay, this is going to be Vanguard's year to make it to Orlando. They're going to run They're going to run it and maybe potentially have a chance to win it. Who knows? And then Blake Gibson decides, oh, hey, uh, no, not so fast. Hit the, hit, hit the reset button, basically. You know, that's the, that's the button that I basically hit. And so, you know, I'm thinking, you know, in my mind, you know, looking at all of this, I think, you know, who could really emerge? And I think, you know, like Gibson might have a chance. Some people are like, oh, Mord Bobby has enough senior leadership, to, you know, have it in the tank, you know. But, you know, I think I think a lot of people like, you know, all oh, this have to go to – if they have to go to, you know, they have to go to the panhandle and stuff to, to do that, they're going to have to go to the panhandle in the regional final. Well, you know, this is where this is where, this is where if you're a team in Region 2 – you pray and hope that St. Augustine can just somehow magically go through the bracket because then that will reduce your trip. Because if it ain't St. Augustine, you're going, you're going to go, you're going to have to go somewhere to the panhandle. Yeah, I'm going to put you deep in there, and then you know anything can happen over there in that panhandle. Well, we talked a little more extensively last week uh, about the other classifications, but real quick in Class 4A, is it bowls out of the north? I think I think it's bowls out of the north at this point, but so. I got some people. I got some of those something people thinking, "Hey, you, you, you're sleeping on us." Well, you know what? You, you said that for the last few years, but you, you've come up short. So until you can yeah, it's kind of one of those things where you're just you're just gonna have to show us. Don't even talk about it. You're just gonna have to show us. In Class Three A, Pinkos has Oxbridge winning by 59 over Westminster Christian. I don't think I've seen the number that big for Pinkos in a playoff game. Well, if you look at University Christian, <laughs> you look at you look at that one. You you, you might be you know fifty nine. Yeah, I, I see sixty three. That's crazy. I, I've seen I've seen the, I've seen a few times, but you know what? This ex, this this speaks for strength of schedule. This speaks for the issue of that teams that have a losing record should not be in the playoffs. 
Mm-hmm. It, it just totally speaks. When you're looking at a Pinko's forecast and you're saying 63, 59, what the? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to not seeing those next year. You know what I mean? Um, I'm looking forward to not seeing anything like that. I think the gap's going to close, and I think, you know, and, and I, I, you know, what's interesting is I had a talk with somebody else about this, about in regards to what, what's the way how the hurricanes have impacted the schedules, and, you know, if we had gone to seeding and all that, with, with the, you know, for, for this year and all in the point system, the, the thing with that is is that I think, you know, the way people – you know, the teams are going to have to reschedule these games. They're going to have to play these games because it, it, it can be proven that, you know, having that one less game could actually hurt you in this. You know, it could be the difference between are you in the playoffs or are you not in the playoffs. That's and, – and, and, and it was pointing out to me a couple powerhouses, and I believe it, especially like a powerhouse like a Paca. But if you look at their schedule – you don't find many teams that have played that have been playoff bound. And that is right there, I think, where it hurts Apopka. And Popka is going to have to go, instead of saying, instead of telling their, their county, well, these schools won't play me, blah, blah, blah. I need to schedule, blah, blah, blah. No. You know what you need to do? Put on your big boy pants and go find a couple teams that are outside your county. And put on yeah. Your because yeah, you're going to have to find them. You're going to have to get that, that kind of stuff done, man, because you, you, you're going to want to be prepared. Or you're uh, yeah, you're going to care when the playoffs come around who you play during yeah, the regular my, season. Oh, oh, yeah. If in my mind, if I'm Rick Darlington and Paca, I'm calling Maybe after the season's over with and scheduling a game, it, it, you know, once the, the thing has happened. Now, interesting interesting note, and, and this is this is interesting, and I, I, I'm wondering how this is going to happen, but from what I have heard now, that we're in 5A through 8A, are going to stay exactly as the same day as they are unless there's a team that comes up from the lower classifications that gets moved in, then yeah, there's gonna be a couple, there's gonna be some changes. The mm-hmm. only other question I have for the FHA at this particular point, what are you doing with that nineteen district down in Miami? That district has to be woken up because it's not gonna be fair to those teams. District sixteen and seven you have to break that nineteen district up. That is not fair to now in my mind, that's not fair to those teams. It is not yeah. fair those teams playing in the 19 district, having eight games against district against district opponents, and only having room for two games to schedule against other opponents. And you may not. And I looked at Mayor Academy, one playoff team on their entire schedule. That is not good enough for them. Yeah, I, I, you know, and, and I'm wondering if anyone has addressed that. I do want to address one thing. You were at the FH, uh, FHSAA meeting. Uh, I want to say it was earlier this week, or it may have even been last week, and you put out an interesting tweet. I don't have it in front of me to quote it, but it's something along the lines of uh, the FHSAA um, either donated, gave some money to to Louisiana. Can you can you expand on that? Uh, yeah. Okay. That, that. Okay. What happened was is that you know with they donated money to the Louisiana High School Athletic Association because of the flooding that had happened back in August there. And actually, to be honest, the thing is that the offices I believe they're in Baton Rouge, which is one of the areas that kind of impacted. And actually, they have not been able to be in their offices for the last few months there. And there's mm-hmm. actually most of their, a lot of their staff a lot of their staff got affected by the flooding, and their staff is getting a thing. When I was at the FHA, you know, they they decided that in in good you know in good gracious of being you know you know, as as a as a as a you know, a member, you know, a, a, you know, as one of the members, you know, from the from the National Federation of High Schools, you know, it, you know, send it to another supporting, you know, member of that you know mm-hmm. 
in that in that branch, sending them that, that fifty thousand dollars to help them get back on their feet, you know, as a you know as a way to do that, and you know, then they can do that. And while Paragon, you know, Paragon's paying the state fifty thousand, they have to say fifty thousand dollars, you know, for for being, you know, sending a team for the potential yeah. state champions bowl, which I think that's that's likely going to happen if you send the Aquinas right. do that. And that's that's the thing is that you know with the FHA agreeing, so what happened was that that fifty thousand dollars coming from Paragon is going to it's going to help balance out the thing. It was like it kind of it kind of like the fifty thousand it kind of it kind of canceled each other out. So that's pretty yeah. What an outstanding and gracious move by the FHSAA to help out uh, one of their brethren yeah. in the National High School Federation. That's a great job, and it seems like a a great way to end it. We need we need a lot of positive things to start going on. Uh, we need a lot oh, of positive man. news. Uh, Josh, especially yeah, what we, we've had to go through here over the last six months with the presidential election and what's become oh after God. Super Tuesday. So I, I think that's a great place to end it. Great job by the FHSAA, and I hope it's something that's paid forward and paid back to them um, in great length, man. Josh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, getting us ready for all this playoff football we're going to have in the state today. And as always, um, you can jump on the Twitter account, man. You can give that out. Promote anything you want to promote right now, Josh. Okay, Twitter FLA just football. Right? We got a playoff section. Right? And, I'm, and actually, I'm slightly behind on this, but the rest of the predictions are coming for the games for tonight. So I, I'm predicting every game at this point because hey, why not? You know, at this point it's going sure. to go home, and you know what? I, I, and I, you know, and the rest of the bracket projections, those will those will be up. But I think you know, it, it's very interesting. I think a lot of people might agree with what I'm thinking. Some may not agree with what I'm thinking, but you, know, you just never know. But I think at this, you know, it, it, the playoffs are here. It's win or go home. You know, it's. I think it's going to be a very interesting ride with these playoffs because I think, you know, there's, definitely, there's, there's, all, some, there's some parity. Yeah, we're all there's looking forward to it tonight, man. And again, Josh, appreciate you coming on. Looking forward to uh, having you wrap up this week's action and uh, talk about what lies ahead next week on the Football Friday Show. All right. Appreciate it, Chad. Thank you. All right. Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com. Listen, if you want to know what's going on in the state of Florida in terms of uh, the football playoffs and projections and uh, predictions and mathematical equations and standings and everything else, head over to FloridaHSFootball.com. They got it all there for you. They can definitely get you ready for all of the playoff action that's going to go on Tonight, uh, what's already happened last night, and get you set up uh, brackets, everything, everything you need for uh, to, for your Florida high school football fixes, right there, FloridaHSFootball.com, uh, and, and they do an outstanding job covering it uh, because you know in most states it's very difficult to find anyone that can cover um, you know high school football and high school sports like that. So FloridaHSFootball.com and Joshua Wilson was gracious enough to come on and talk with us about it. Hey, we thank all of you for coming on and listening to the Gridiron Stud Show Football Friday edition. We hope uh, you enjoyed it and that you're all set up now for your high school, your college, and your NFL football. We're going to enjoy the games. Uh, I've got a playoff football game tonight that I was coaching myself, and then I'm on my way to Gainesville for the Florida Gators versus South Carolina Gamecocks, and then it's Sunday football. It's an entire great weekend of football action headed my way. I know it is for you, so enjoy it. We're going to be back on Monday. Enjoy your Veterans Day. Enjoy the weekend. Have fun. See you guys Monday. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges?
Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.